Good morning to each one. Greetings in Jesus' name. Well, I'm not sure what all I'm going to say this morning. Um, I don't have any notes, and... But yeah, I do have I do um, have something that God seems like God has laid on my heart. Um, just not sure how to all put it together and make it flow. Hopefully, you can make sense and connect the dots um, when I as I read. Is there anybody here that has um, an ESV Bible with them today? You have a phone? Amanda, do you have one, like a physical one? Do you mind if I borrow it? I should get one myself. Um, I have read some in on my phone in ESV, and I really sometimes it just kind of helps to bring out different um, in a different way what what the Bible has to say. And hopefully, you don't get tired of this chapter. But I would like to read out of Matthew five. This morning, it seems like the more I read over it and memorize it and listen to it, um, the more depth comes out of it, and it just kind of makes sense and flows together. Um, one thing that I've found really helpful is, well, I haven't listened to it much, just occasionally, like just over audio, audio Bible, and... I don't know, some, somehow that just brings, it seems like it brings everything together for me, um, just like an overview of the whole chapter and what he's saying, what Jesus is saying here. Um, I guess, first of all, I would like to say that I want to talk about intentions. And I know we have this saying, um, good intentions aren't enough. (laughs) Like, you know, you need to do it. You can't just intend to do it. Um, But if you think of somebody that's really into something and they're intent on doing this thing, their focus and their um, mind is set on this one thing, they're very intent on it, that seems like a very purposeful um, attitude toward anything you can have toward, have it toward, have a purpose toward, have an intent toward. Um, hopefully I don't, I don't, I'm not too one-sided today, but um, I'd like to bring out the good side of good intentions and how important that is and how pertinent that is to living out the Christian life. 
So I was thinking of um, reading a little bit in Revelations. I didn't actually go into Revelations and read anything, but I was just thinking about our, I guess, Revelations you would think of as um, kind of the end of time, like talking about the end of time and the reward that we have waiting for us in heaven and the hope that we have. It's a very great hope. Um, But did you know we can do all the right things and we have no reward? We have no reward. Jesus says that in Matthew. Take heed, this is actually in chapter 6, that you do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, ye have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. So you can do something good. You can give alms. You can give to charity. And well, is that good deed? But he says we have no reward. There's absolutely no reward of our Father, which is in heaven, if we do it for the wrong reason, if we have the wrong intent in our heart. If our intentions are that people see us and think good of us, there is no reward whatsoever. Except maybe praise of men. It says later, it talks about be not the Pharisees because... They do it to be seen of men, and they have their reward. Jesus was meaning there is no reward from him if we do it to be seen of men. There's reward of men, perhaps. It says, when the um, hypocrites pray, they love to stand in the corner of the street so that everybody can see them, and they have their reward. People see them, and they think that they're holy. But... When we pray, enter into a closet. And when we shut the door, pray to our Father which is in secret, and the Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. We need to pray with the right intention. We need to be intentional about praying the correct way and not to be seen of men, not to be um, overly wordy and to repeat things a lot. And then Jesus teaches us how to pray. later on in verse chapter 6. So, um, with that in mind, intentions and having good intentions and how important good intentions are, because Jesus, actually God says that he knows the thoughts and intents of our heart, like what we intend. So I'm going to read here in Matthew 5. I'm just going to go down over the chapter. Seeing the crowds, he went up in, on the mountain... And when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. This is stating about those who are these things. So this is against the other side of intentions. You know, if we have a good intention to do this, but we actually aren't. Um, we don't, we can't, we don't, we aren't receiving the grace of God in our lives to um, be meek, to be poor in spirit. That isn't any good. But we must intend to do that before we actually do it. I believe we won't do it without an intention. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they should be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. 
Blessed are the peacemakers, for they should be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I just noticed that when I was reading over this morning, verse 10 is the only verse, the only one of the Beatitudes that we have no control over. Um, like we aren't, it's not something in us to, to be. It's just those who are persecuted. We can't make ourselves persecuted necessarily. So I'm not sure what all um, God has for us in that. And then it has the next two verses are about being persecuted. Blessed are you and men to revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So in the Beatitudes here, what caught my attention, thinking about intentions, is blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. I believe that's a very necessary, um, necessary place to be, to be pure in heart, to be, have a good intentions, <clears throat> for they shall see God. No, we all want to see God in our working in our lives and see him for who he is. If we, have pure, if we are pure in heart, we will see God. You are the salt of the earth, but the salt has lost its taste. How shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and to be trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world, a city that is... A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So then let's skip down to um, these other things that Jesus says. Um, we're not that Jesus says um, you have heard by them of old time but I say unto you do not think that I've come to oops sorry verse 21 you have heard that it was said to those of old you shall not murder and and whoever murders shall be liable to judgment but I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment it's pretty serious we're angry with our brother, we'll be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. And whoever says, you fool, will be liable to hell of fire, the hell of fire. So if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are going with him to court, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard and you be put in prison. Truly, I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery, but I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. There's an intent again. God is very concerned about the intentions of our heart. 
If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away, for it is better for you to lose one of your members than that your whole body be thrown into hell. And if your right hand offends, causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away, for it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body go into hell. It was said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. That's what America does. If you want to divorce your wife, just get a sign of paper. But I say to you that everyone who divorces his wife, except on the ground of fornication, sexual immorality, it says here, makes her commit adultery, and whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. And then about oaths, again you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. You have heard, you have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And I looked up some of those passages that my Bible said, um, you know, back in the Old Testament where it would have said an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And a lot of times it was talking about, well, the... Um, about the country that they're going into to overcome, like Canaan, they said, God said that you shouldn't seek their prosper or shouldn't um, give them any mercy, basically. You just take them out. I think there's more specifics, um, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, than that as well. But, <clears throat> but Jesus says, to us, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if anyone, if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. We have that popular saying, go the second mile. We'd have that intent in our hearts. Give to the one who begs from you, and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. So I guess it leaves out quite a bit there. Um... King James Version, it says, Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. So that you may be the sons of your Father who is in heaven, for he makes his Son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles the same? You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. And Jesus says, Think not that I come to destroy the law or the prophets. And here he just said all these things. It seemed like he was changing everything, but he said, before he said, before he told him all these things, he's not come to destroy, but to fulfill, to bring it 
to fullness. And he's very concerned about the little things of the law, too. Till heaven and earth pass one jot or one tittle, shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. And then he even goes further and says, whosoever breaks one of these least commandments, um, I think it brings out a little bit different in the ESV. Do not think that I am come to abolish the law of the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of these least commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does, and te- does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. I don't know how to um, bring that out. Like I got a, a new um, way of looking at it just by listening to it. Um, but Jesus is very concerned about the about the little things of the law. Um, I don't know if what he considers breaking one of these least commandments, if that's stealing or if that's um, bearing false witness. I don't know. But if you teach others, um, if you break one of the least commandments and teach others the same, you'll be called least in the kingdom of heaven. He's very concerned about the keeping the law, but he's come to make it um, even better than what they had known it as. <clears throat> so I'd like to look at verse 46, the last verse that we're memorizing for this past week, although we had been memorizing. For if you love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same. And so for some reason this week, it's just been coming back to me, that verse, if you love them which love you, what reward have you? Have you? Do not even the publicans the same. Because sometimes it's kind of hard to love people. And we're like, okay, fine. Just, um, I won't love you. I mean, if you don't love me, it doesn't really make me much difference. I'll just not love you because it doesn't work very good or I don't really like to or it's just too much work. But you know what? What's that different than any of the rest of the people in the world? I mean, of course, if somebody loves you, you'll love them. It's really easy. (laughs) It's really nice when it's reciprocated, but that's not what we're here for. We're no different than any others if we only love those who love us. And I'm sorry if I have... um, not loved some of you the way I should have. If you love them which love you, what reward have ye? The intent of our heart. You know, you don't know. Most of the time, you probably don't... can't tell if I really don't love you or not. I mean, there might be some indications, but, you know, it's, if it's within my heart and intent intention of my heart, 
it might not be very noticeable on the outside. But God doesn't, doesn't worry about that. He says, he goes to the heart, and he wants the intent of our heart to be right. Because he says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. The pure in heart, those that love those who don't love them. I think it's a very, very high calling and a very... Um, Just, yeah, something that we need to, we definitely need to have. <clears throat> Yesterday I was listening to um, a little bit on Anabaptist Financial, and there's some really good things on there. If you ever want to listen to one of their podcasts, um, the one on hospitality, I forget what it's called for sure. Maybe some of you have already. Um, so they have two sessions on there about hospitality, and the interview, the, the, I think it's, is it Bryant Martin? Somebody, the guy that's in charge of Sower's um, Cafe out in Pennsylvania, I believe. And just kind of going over some of the, um, the way he sees hospitality and what is hospitality. And basically, um, see if I can even remember how he said it. It's basically loving others and treating them how you'd want to be treated. And it's opening up your heart and seeing that, you know, they are human just like we are. You need to go past the, the front that you see. Or, you know, this is another real person. It's not just this um, guy with mohawk or this guy that's off the street and looks pathetic or <laughs> anything. It, there's a real person behind every individual. There's a soul. And a lot of them need to be shown hospitality, need to be shown love. All of them actually do. For if you love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same. I think we need to start with a good intention with a good mindset of trying to see them, see others how God sees them. You know, maybe even if they have hurt us or have wronged us in some way, God still sees them as a person and as someone that we need to love and show hospitality toward. He says two verses like this, and if ye salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans so. Be therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. So he says if we are the children, if we want to be the children of God, we should love our enemies. It says he makes the, rain, the sun to rise on the evil and on the good. He has many benefits. He gives many benefits and blessings to the evil and the good. And he sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. 
Do we ever feel despitefully used? Maybe we wouldn't say so strong as um, persecuted, but despitefully used maybe comes a little bit closer. If we're um, if we get offended or feel hurt, that would seem kind of like despitefully being despitefully used if we're hurt. <clears throat> but yet we need to love them, pray for them. All right, well, that is all I had for this morning. Hopefully, it's a blessing and encouragement. I guess it's just what I was um, thinking about this week and realizing that I need more of a love to those who don't seem like they love me. Need to be the, so that I can be the children of the Father, which is in heaven.